I'm Sarah Gross. And I'm Sarah True. And you're listening to If We Were Riding. A triathlon-ish podcast. Grab your sock hats, fill your decanter. Friday's here. It's time for some banter. Try tips, life chat from two feisty pros, zoomies, arm hair, ebbs, and flows. Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I see... What do you see? Accent wall! Yes. So how do you like it? Do you like my, this is very interesting for the listeners. Do you like the red accent wall? Well, I can't get the context because I only see a corner of your room, but it is a very nice accent. It's cherry red, I would say, or fire engine red. Yeah. It's pretty red. It's not like, it's not quite fire engine, but it is like a nice, it's like still pretty rich, but it's a, but like what I wanted to confess to you was that (laughs) I ended up, you know how I like lied on Iraq because the time I said I did my taxes. So like I sort of lied on this too, by accident though. Because remember last week we did, when we had the audience, we did Iraq because, and I said like, I think I said that I was like really brave and I was doing two red accent walls instead of one. And I was like busting outside the norm. Right. I remember that very clearly. (laughs) So on Monday, it was a holiday here, Monday, Monday. Lovely painter man came and he put this wall up and I was like, you know, I don't think we need, need two red walls. <laughs> oh. I was like, now that I see one large red wall <laughs> in my living space, I don't actually need like a second one would have been like way too much. So, um, yeah, I still rock, but I only have one accent wall. Well, it's an accent wall. So otherwise it would have just been like half your walls in your room. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't think that's, that's much, that's not a, that's not a big lie. I'll let you pass this one. It was like an accidental lie. Like last time I straight up hadn't done my taxes. Whereas like this time I like intended to do, because I did want a splash of color in the kitchen. You can kind of see it behind me. Like I'm still kind of like working through that. Like how do I make, cause like the walls in here are gray, like kind of a light gray. And so I guess that's kind of like, that was kind of cool around 2018 when this was built. And so now I can't, I just find it a bit dull. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need some other solutions. Yeah. If any, if any listeners have a way of putting more color, uh, I'm open to suggestions. You can't just say that open-ended because you don't have photos of your space. Like somebody can't just be like, oh Yeah. You need this and this and this to totally bring the room together. Okay. If someone did some fun design thing. So for example, like, okay, like downstairs, right? Same challenge, of course, right? I got this like wallpaper that's like got, it's like the giant print wallpaper that's got big ferns on it, like big pink and red ferns. And it's like quite fun. So if someone said to me, do you have any ideas? I'm like, I do not regret getting this large print wild kind of wallpaper because it looks cool so that's what i would say so if anyone has that kind of suggestion so you can't you can't do that anywhere else maybe i don't know i don't know i'm still deciding 
on Netflix. Yeah, I, I'm the wrong person to ask about. For that. now, let's just say that this red wall has made me very happy. And you're not really a liar. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. I, I did not intend to mislead our audience because I know they care deeply about my wall color. So, <laughs> okay. We will talk about more interesting things. I promise coming up on the show, triathlete magazine and the death of print strength training. And what I've learned as a CrossFitter that I would apply to triathlon and a tick story after this. Okay, Sarah. So I saw the other day uh-huh. that outside, it's just, is it just outside? Yeah, outside. Yes, I guess it is just outside. There's like a massive media conglomerate now. Oh. Yeah. There, there were, there were some moves happening there. There were some moves. Happening. Yeah. So it's like, pretty big. Probably like two days before it's like came down on Twitter. Um, I got a call from Kelly O'Mara, <laughs> who was uh, my previous co-host, who was like, hey, like they're killing the print magazine and uh, half my staff have been laid off. Well, half of it, there's only four of them. <laughs> so two people had been laid off um, and that she felt maybe that, uh, how, what should I, what can I say here? She felt like just wasn't quite sure about the leadership over there. It was not because they killed the print magazine, but just there seems to be a lot of like toing and froing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, what do you think? Like, is this, a, what is, does the death of the print magazine of triathlete, like, is that meaningful for our sport? Well, it wasn't, it wasn't just triathlete to be fair. So there were other magazines like Peloton folded uh, and there were some magazines that are moving just to digital. And is that, that's what's happening with Triathlete, right? Yes, there's correct. There's no still Triathlete magazine. Yeah. There's just, just going to be digital. Um, I mean, we've lost a few magazines. So there used to be Lava. There used to be Inside Triathlon. Um, I'm sure there are other print ones, but those are the three ones I remember in the U.S. Obviously, overseas, there are different ones. Um, I don't know. There's just something about print, right? Do you think, is there, like, do you read print magazines? Is it still relevant? So I'm thinking right now, I have some digital subscriptions, Mm -hmm. um, but the two print magazines that I have are not triathletes. Sorry, Kelly. Oh, (laughs) I love you, Kelly. But the two print ones I do have, it's Nat Geo and Bon Appetit. So there's something about seeing photos of food that make me really excited. Mm-hmm. And then Nacho, like the photographs, the maps, there's just, I think, cause I grew up with um, like a wall on our, in our bookshelf was just years and years of Nacho's. Oh, cool. What a great resource. Yeah, totally. Totally. So I think I have that emotional connection to it, Yeah, but also there's just, something special about really beautiful photographs in print mm-hmm. that you, you don't get the same reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I ends up reading things that I wouldn't on digital. I think that's, that's the biggest downside is that your, your opportunity for discovery really just decreases. Massive. Yeah, because online it's like a lot of it's like search engine based 
right? So what you're reading comes up to what you think you want to read. Like I Google this, I read this, or something's presented to you on social media and then you click through to it, right? Versus like, yeah, you're right. Versus picking up a magazine and reading it cover to cover on an airplane, kind of like, like in the good old days. Yeah. Like we, we, the digital things that do really well, it's like, 10 ways to race an Ironman faster, you know, like it's something like that does really well, right. but a profile piece on, you know, a tri club in, I don't know, Uzbekistan, uh, <laughs> people probably wouldn't necessarily click on that. Mm-hmm. True. Not that I know if there are any tri clubs in Uzbekistan. I made that up. There probably there are. are. There probably are. Uh, Who knows if triathletes done anything on them, but you get my (laughs) point. Like there are just not very sexy things that are terrific reads and there's really good journalism that goes behind it. Mm -hmm. They just get lost in the shuffle of digital. Mm, Great point. Um, Do you think, you know, there's been a number of attempts to create that kind of readership online. Like, so you don't think that's transferring. I don't know. I would assume not. Yeah, I kind of would too. Hmm. My, I, I also think that we've gotten so accustomed to getting the kind of content that triathlete produces for free. Um, and that's our expectations of what we get for free online. It's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta pay for your staff mm-hmm. somehow. You have to pay for good journalism. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I had the answers. I don't know. Media is changing so quickly. Um, a lot of the longer format stuff like is going over to podcasts too, like that storytelling element or people being able to tell their stories in their, in their own voice too. Like that's like an interesting, I don't know, just when you're talking about longer format storytelling. Um, so maybe that's one good thing. How many print magazines do you get a subscription to? None. Yeah. It's been a really long time since I've read a print magazine. Although like, honestly, like reading, this is one stage of my life where reading does not take priority. Yeah. That's fair. Like where I just, by the time I'm done the day, I'm like totally ready to switch off. So to either have to read something super easy or I just watch TV or just go to sleep early at that point. Um, So that's just where I'm at because of my business building focus at the moment. Mm -hmm. But don't, don't you think that flipping through a magazine is an easier way to unwind than like clicking online? It's, it's, I actually find it relaxing. Whereas reading things online doesn't relax me. Yeah. I think that might be true for us, but maybe not for like, when I think about the ways that my daughter uses her phone. Yeah. Right. Like she's relaxing. she's just so used to using her phone for all the things, you know, like reading on there and whatever she needs. Like it wouldn't even occur to her to pick up a, I don't know. Like she only does that stuff at school, (laughs) right? Like writing or reading, not on the computer, not on a device. Yeah. Man, I I just like pages, but you're right. It might be a generational thing. Yeah. I also, I have that like geeky thing of like loving the smell of books, loving the library, like, like because of the association with learning, you know, which is a little bit different than a print magazine, but not too far off. Um, 
I mean, the, the difference between a high quality paper, um, like sometimes you, you notice when a magazine will shift uh, paper quality, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they're trying to cut costs mm-hmm. and it feels it feels cheap. Yeah. Like a high quality magazine. It, it feels like a piece of art. Um, when it's done really well. Yeah. yeah. Maybe this is just a cull, you know, like the best will rise or will yeah. remain, you know, or maybe this opens up an opportunity for someone else to have. Cause remember how cool lava was in terms of the aesthetic. It was beautiful. I mean, they did a wonderful job with the photography. Like maybe if someone can figure out what the, what the people want, um, maybe there's an opportunity here. I just, I think it's too small of a market. I know triathlons, triathlons is difficult in general because of the size yeah. of the market with any product. And everyone always argues that triathletes have money and will spend money. And it's like, to some extent that's true, but like, to some extent, they're also super cheap <laughs> and don't necessarily want to always spend that money. So I don't know, Sarah, I don't have a lot of in-depth insight or whatever here. I feel like the main reason we've been able to get traction over here at Feisty as a media company is because media, the face of media is shifting. So I'm not going to complain about it too much. Like if I had to, you know, like imagine if I had to come up with a budget to create a print magazine and hire like, you know, and hire a handful of quality writers to be able to make that happen and photography and all the rest of it. Like that would, that would be a heavy lift in terms of getting out into the media world. Whereas now I can like, produce some podcasts and do some social media and see how it goes and do like kind of incremental steps to growth. Uh, so yeah, pr- pretty low overhead. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm kind of grateful for that opportunity. And I know that it gives like us and other people like us a bigger opportunity or bigger, like yeah, opportunity to have a voice, right. Versus like just only people with deep pockets get to have a voice. So I kind of like that media is shifting and I like the internet for that reason. Um, but I do think it's a bit of a shame. It's always a shame when something ends, you know? Yeah. 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 I just, I have a lot of, uh, I don't know. I, I feel for the really good journalists and photographers who have lost another opportunity to share their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. Well, I would actually love to hear from listeners on this because I feel like I didn't have too many deep and meaningful thoughts about this, but maybe, but maybe other folks do. So definitely send us voice memos if you do. Um, should we talk about strength training? Oh yeah. I have thoughts. Well, yeah, I, I was hoping you'd have thoughts because <laughs> I certainly don't about this. So the other day I'm in our little basement gym doing my routine and I'm thinking, what does Sarah do at the gym? Visualizing you at your CrossFit gym. And then I'm like, wait, what would Sarah now, who's a CrossFitter, tell Sarah's a triathlete mm-hmm. about not me, you, mm-hmm. you know, shoot. That made sense in my brain. <laughs> I think we knew what you meant. The okay. Sarah and Sarah thing is slightly confusing. If people know. haven't figured it out yeah. yet, you know. Your past whatever. self. Your past <laughs> yes. self. Like, would you approach strength training differently? Yes. Yes. Like hard. Yes. Like I, I feel like the part of, okay. 
if I can say with with confidence, and this is not like a matter of regret, it's just a matter of me being honest, that like, if I had known then when I did that, what I do now, I would have won more Ironmans and I would have been better. Like, whoa, 100%. Yes. That's a strong statement. Yes. What I are think- your tips? <laughs> okay. Tips for everyone. Um, Give me your no. secrets. If you, yeah, right? if you take the intersection between the fact that like we didn't, most of sports science studies and exercise science studies are done on men. Like, you know, we've become aware of that. We've started talking about it. Right. And like a lot of that strength training advice I know I used to get was like, you know, things like, you know, 15 years ago, not to go to make sure you didn't go too hard at strength training. Cause it would take away from your, your cardio aerobic fitness training. Right. That like, um, even from a fatigue point of view. Right. And then, so like figuring out like strength training was always like deprioritized. Right. And then that other thing of like, Oh, you know, there were certain coaches, elite coaches who were like some of the best in the world who thought that you could do all your strength training related to your sport in that sport. So that's like a lot of like big gear work. Like people are going to know what I'm talking about here, big gear work, pull paddles in the pool, et cetera, which I think is important. But what we're not taking into account is the fact that like, women naturally are like not as strong. Right. And so like, and even in like, when we rest or in a taper period, we will start to lose strength a lot faster than our male counterparts. And then if you add on to that, that like, I in particular, am not a, like, I'm an engine athlete. Like I'm not a, like, I'm not a naturally strong athlete, like a Caroline Stefan or a Meredith Kessler who can like get on a bike and like pound out Watts. Like I just like, that was always my weakness was like just producing those straight up Watts on the bike. Right. Which would have ultimately like, that's like one, once I started doing better bike training, I started to win or doing some strength training. That's when I like ended up winning two races, even this. So, so I got a coach that understood strength training was important. We would time it with the rest of my training. That was then now that I'm doing CrossFit, I'm like, Holy shit. Like I am way stronger now. Right. So like when I get on a bike now, I never get on a bike. (laughs) (laughs) You did a few weeks ago. I I did. In Bentonville. I never did. I also lied about that. Oh my word. (laughs) No, you know what it was, Sarah? I kind of like, I like weirdly assumed because I hadn't thought it through that like, if there's a bike company at the event that they would have a demo fleet, but of course they don't because nobody has a demo fleet. I hadn't thought that through. So there were no bikes to ride. Um, But I did bike last weekend. Um, and like, I can, I still have like, I have like power on the Hills. Like if you give me an hour or a 90 minute ride, like I probably have more power on the Hills than I did when I was training. <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's staggering to me what a good strength routine would have done for me on the bike based on how, like how much stronger I am now. And I'm still like, not like, even in the context of CrossFit, right? I'm like, I'm still way better at like the cardio stuff. I'm way better even at the gymnastics and body weights type things than I am at like the pure strength, like lifting. Um, but I am like way stronger. And I think it could have been, I think it's so important that I probably could have, especially later in my career, after I had like that solid base of like, after like a decade of cardio training, right? <laughs> like mostly I'm saying cardio, like I'm really a CrossFitter now, aren't I? A decade of like <laughs> endurance based training. that I could have like, you know, like that I could have maintained that right. While doing more strength training, you know, and fitting it in like, that would have been just 
so easy. Um, so yeah, I'm a real believer that like women in particular need to do strength training. We do start to decrease our strength um, after the age of 30. It's worse during menopause, of course, but if we're talking about elite athletes who are doing Ironman, like our thirties, that's really important. Um, so you'd have to ask, we'd have to get like an expert to figure out how that kind of would work into the program. But some of the things I used to do like with, um, Marilyn Dakota helped me with my bike and strength program, um, in the last couple of years, like when I improved and I was able to win in Mont Tremblant on the hilly course. Um, and like I would do strength like in the morning before, like say before three hour bike ride or something. So like, Oh, interesting. So just preload. Yeah, yeah. So instead of like what I had done previously, which was like actually just leaving strength training to randomly at the end of the day when I'm actually tired and I'm not getting yeah. a lot out of that, like actually doing strength training when I'm fresh, but then letting that be part of the cumulative fatigue that would be. So if I did squats in the morning, like relatively heavy squats in the morning and then do a three hour bike ride, I've like increased the load on my legs. So I get that endurance effect and I've been fresh enough to actually do the squats properly. Right. So like I did tons of squats and lunges then. Yeah. Um, well, and recruiting different muscle fibers, mm -hmm. I mean, makes it so you would be doing more anaerobic stuff and then you go into the bike and that's very much aerobic. Mm -hmm. So just, yeah. Tapping to that fast twitch stuff. Um, oh, interesting. Well, no, the hormonal response too from right. lifting would have been yeah. a huge benefit. Absolutely. Oh yeah. For, and I don't, I don't, again, I've listened to, of course, listened to this a million times, but because I don't like, I don't know physiology that well, but like, I do know that like it, you know, as, as elite athletes, we often, we often get like hormonally tired, right. From all the endurance, not cardio endurance training. Um, and that strength training can counteract that. Um, but what's the other thing I was going to say? Oh yeah. Even just like the way that I feel like now I'm only just starting to learn. I've been doing CrossFit for almost four years, like how to properly do a squat and how to like recruit, like how to recruit my glutes and everything like the bottom, you know, like it's, I'm still learning that. Right. And so it's like, oh, imagine like, and I can feel it when I'm like, oh, I just figured out how to literally use the muscles I already have better. <laughs> Right? And I'm learning that now and I'm 46 and I'm not a pro athlete. <laughs> like, so I, I think that's a really important part of it. It's just, we go to the gym and we're not thinking about the functionality. So it's easy to do a squat really wrong. Um, and you're not thinking about it. You're like tick ticking those boxes. But if you were to do it properly, uh, just, yeah, how much of a difference it would make. And very few of us do weights properly. I know I, I, I'm totally, especially if you're waiting at the end of the day, I'm totally guilty of doing squats and not getting low enough. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And also like, I used to sometimes, I used to skip my lunges. All I hated lunges because it hurts. If you're doing a lot of cycling, then you do lunges. Fuck. That's like a painful, that's pain, quad pain, extraordinary, which I guess is the point. You know, but I, like, and I would do more of it. I'd probably do it all season too. Like just to, you know, of course I'd like put it into my taper program in a way that made sense, but like, otherwise I wouldn't, you know, it would sometimes be like, we're doing strength in the winter. Right. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm getting weak by like by August. You know, like, you know, um, even the difference to my body composition too, like this, you know, like I'm, I'm, 
off of 45 minutes of exercise maximum a day, I'm like, you know, I've managed to like sort of maintain a certain amount of lean. I don't try to, but it just is how it is, you know, and that's a lot to do with, it's a lot to do with the high end of of, uh, CrossFit training too, but it's a lot of it to do with the strength training. You're not doing 45 minutes of cardio. Yeah. I'm not like (laughs) sitting on a bike spinning for 45 minutes and being like, I did 45 minutes of exercise of cardio. (laughs) That's that's the downside of you being a CrossFitter is calling your you know, your endurance training cardio. I even said this like a couple of years ago, I made this joke on my social media where I was like, yeah, where I was like, if I start calling, like if I start calling biking or running cardio, then somebody like shoot me or something. And I'm like, now I'm doing it. <laughs> Instead, we will, I think we need to make a game of it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I say cardio, I have to pay. It's like a swear jar. There you go. I like it. (laughs) The other thing is like, I think the best is yet to come. So I think like there are probably some smart coaches out there who are starting to figure out, but like, I think it takes some innovation to figure out for an individual athlete, because I don't think we really do know, especially an athlete training for Ironman where you're like carrying so much fatigue in the first place, like how that, how the strength piece might actually fit in well to someone's training program and get the best effect. I think we're probably like, you know, kind of on the path of figuring that out. Um, and, but it will take some innovation and it will be, I think it'll be like gender specific, but even there'll be specifics within like, again, back to like Meredith Kessler would probably not need to do the amount of squats that I do. Right. Like, because she naturally will maintain her muscle from doing over gear work on the bike, but I will not, Right, you know, well, all, all I know is I'm glad we're past the point where coaches are telling their athletes not to do strength work because it's going to make them too muscular. Because oh I've had that coach. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Well, because it's oh, you don't want to run around the course with too much, with too big because of biceps. I'll get, I'll get too bulky, clearly. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna happen because you're doing like hours and hours of you know, endurance training. Yeah, clearly, I'm going to look like a weightlifter out there if yeah, I clearly. hit Just the gym you... a couple times a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so terrible. Yeah, I totally. Yeah, I I probably did too. It just blurs into all the other to all the other terrible comments. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So innovation required for strength training, specifically for female athletes. Okay. Let's take a little break. And then I want to hear about your tick situation. Let's talk about Orca for a minute. In 2018, Orca approached me at the Ironman World Championships in Kona and said, Hey, we love what you are doing and we want to support women better. So we are designing products specifically for women rather than just, you know, shrinking the men's products. And we want your help. That's me, Sarah, and Feisty Media that they were asking for help from. Not only that, but I personally find that my Orca wetsuit is the best I've ever had for flexibility and buoyancy. And I definitely wish I had found it when I was racing pro. Fast forward four years and Orca has launched their new triathlon wetsuits and other gear designed specifically for women. I'm so proud to have been part of this process. So you can order your very own wetsuit and other fab products for 15% off using the code IRONWOMEN15 at orca.com. That's IRONWOMEN, the name of one of our amazing triathlon podcasts, IRONWOMEN15 
1515 at orca.com. The fastest path to living healthier, longer starts inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. It was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. That's quite a list. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. When I do my Inside Tracker tests, I always use the mobile blood draw service. It's amazing because you can enjoy a premium lab experience in the comfort of your own home or your office. All you have to do is book a time that suits your schedule and they will come to you. The scheduling is easy and they send you text alerts so you'll get appointment updates and notifications when your Inside Tracker health analysis and custom action plan are ready to view. It's great for busy people who want to save time. So if you want to try Inside Tracker's mobile blood draw service and find out what's going on inside your body for your health, go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty and get 20% off today. That's insidetracker.com forward slash F-E-I-S-T-Y. As a former pro triathlete who now does very amateur crossfitting for fun and is in perimenopause, meaning I can't count on my hormones to be consistent anymore, one of my main limitations is the speed at which I build muscle. It just doesn't come easily for me. I wanted to make sure I am actually getting the benefits of the little time I do have to work out. That's why Amino Co's Perform is the perfect product for me. It tastes good and I just sip on it before and during my workouts. The AminoCo's Perform formula has clean ingredients and is great for your everyday routine to help give your body the fuel it needs to perform at its best and recover faster and stronger from workouts. What's even better is that AminoCo's Perform was created by former Harvard professor and world-renowned clinical researcher Dr. Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2.30 whoa, and is still fueling his body with Perform at age 75. So if you are looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. It's scientifically three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. To try it yourself and get 30% off, Use the code RIDING, R-I-D-I-N-G, when you visit aminoco.com forward slash riding. That's A-M-I-N-O-C-O dot com forward slash riding. So Sarah... You have a story about a tick. Does this count as an animal story? Is a tick an animal? Is that- a tick is an animal. So normally okay. we focus on like the cute, hairy ones, the guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are going to delve into the tick world. Not TikTok. I know that's our normal 
<laughs> you know, tick related. I've discussion. been lax on my TikTok, so I don't. Oh really? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've I haven't asked re- about yeah, it exactly because I've been Next. so lax. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, carry well, on. I'm tick disappointed. <laughs> that that's way more interesting than my thing. Okay, so I'm there at dinner the other night, and I kind of scratch my ear, and this big fat engorged deer tick comes out of my ear. Yeah. Oh, your like, ear, like your inner ear, like it came out of. Like, sorry, I just showed it. You no, know, like the the top part, kind of under the folds. Oh God! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There that it had been in there for a long time. It was very happy, kind of like, oh, I'm so fat, I can't even eat anymore. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh crap, because we have a lot of tick-borne pathogens up this way, like Lyme yeah. disease. Yeah. And like, well, it's definitely been on there long enough that if it's carrying anything, then I'm going to get very sick. Yeah. Uh, and this is this is a bad situation because like I, I know um what's her face? Uh Angela Nath. Angela Nath, yeah. Yeah, had Lyme disease a few years ago, and I think she still has symptoms. But you hear of these athletes that like Kirsten Sweetlands, I think it pretty much ended her triathlon career. I interviewed, yeah, yeah, I interviewed a woman a few weeks ago for the um, Women's Performance Podcast. Um, she was a, did bikini competitions, right? And she, like, just like an, a lifetime athlete. And she had this same story of Lyme disease. She couldn't even walk, she couldn't even walk down the stairs, like, because she, she wouldn't know that she'd be able to get up. So, like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, this can be bad. Yeah. You know? So, or no like, jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say it's it's no joke. It can mess people up big time. Um, and so, I'm like, of course, it's going through my mind. I'm like, wait a second. My sister-in-law is super smart. She's a doctor and their family gets a bunch of ticks on them all the time. Mm-hmm. So I text her. Family like, gets a ah! bunch of ticks on them all the time. Oh, yeah. because <laughs> Well, they're they're super active. And if you're active up here, you're going to end up with ticks on you. And she says, don't worry. I have the antibiotics. I'll put them on the door, pick them up tomorrow. I'm like, what? So basically the new protocol is if you find a tick on you that's been on there long enough, you can take basically prophylactic uh, antibiotics. So it was a single dose of antibiotics and I will not get Lyme disease or any other tick-borne pathogen. Yeah. Awesome. Right. I know. Check yourself. Sorry. Speaking of animals, I have to show you this. What's happening (laughs) <gasps> who is this cutie pie? So this is Catherine's dog, Belle. Oh, Belle. Yes. Belle is cute, but Belle has an edge to her. Um, so Kat, so for the audience, because there's people actually listening. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. So Catherine, who's our chief of staff here at Feisty, she is visiting. Um, we're working on a menopause project, a menopause project. <laughs> Um, I never thought I'd say that. Um, and and Belle is her lovely dog, who's very pretty, but um, she doesn't always like to be pet. So you have to be, you have to like work your way in slowly to Belle's life. She's a rescue. Is she a Shiba Inu? I don't know. Is she a Shiba Inu? No. I'm just asking Catherine who's <laughs> sitting right here. So that's, that's helpful. She's, she's some kind of mutt. She does look like a fox. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, she's very cute. I'm sorry the listeners couldn't hear it. I hope she doesn't have ticks on her. 
So Sarah, sorry, back to your tick story. Um, yeah. I just had to take that moment with Belle. Um, oh. So that's like scary. That like freak you out and like, ew, a bug in your ear. Like, mm-hmm. the, uh, oh, that just must feel bad. I'm sorry. That's, ew. no, it's a, it's a positive story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, first of all, it makes me feel a little gross that it was in there for that long and I didn't notice. Right. But that's beside the point. I'm a disgusting human being. Let's just move on past the point. Okay. The good thing is people should, who live up this way, just check yourself for ticks. Mm. And if you find a deer tick that's been on you for a long time, that's like fat and happy, you can not worry about waiting to see if you get the bullseye rash and, you know, all that stress. And call your doctor. So this is like public health information that we're sharing. Yes. Yes. This okay. Is, this is not normally an educational podcast, <laughs> but I just educated maybe like two of you. Yeah. Knocked it out of the park, Sarah. The, the next person who finds a tick is going to be like, thank you, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Oh man. Well, thank you for listening to another week of Reaper writing. I hope you have a tick free week. My time, my time, none of you people can tell me to stop My town, my crown, we know what it takes to be reaching the top We're reaching the top, we're reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top